I'm Mark Shiver. Welcome to Fueled by Grace. I know it's been a minute. <laughs> That's what they say here in North Carolina in the South. It's been a minute since I have recorded an episode of the Fueled by Grace po uh, podcast. And I'm sorry for that. Do let me apologize. I had made an earnest effort to try to begin to be more um, consistent. And that is my goal. But along about June or so, the Lord began to just, I don't know, I like to say, teach me things. That doesn't make me out to be, ooh, you know, Mr. Spiritual. But I was just, it was like I was seated at his feet learning. And I didn't want to come running out here and flip the microphone on and act like, you know, I got it all together. I was genuinely learning from God. And so I just took my time and I, I don't like to, you know, hear something somebody says and come out here and make it my own. And, and I haven't lived it. I haven't experienced it, seen whether or not it's real. And so I'm back. I'm back with wrist brace. <laughs> oh my goodness. I have really been through it. That's another reason why I have not been on the broadcast uh, because I've had more challenges with the healing of the place on my foot. You don't want to hear about that. I'm sure, but I had a tremendous, uh, unbelievable story with my wrist, and I won't bore you with that. My kids are like, Dad, no, don't talk about your wrist. <laughs> but I will say that I was in the hospital, and it was a trying time, and there's been no official diagnosis. Pain like you would not believe. And you know what? I'm thinking maybe it was just an attack of the the devil, you know? Boy, that sounds spiritual, doesn't it? But I really don't know what else it could have been. Uh, I believe that as men of God and women of God begin to share the truth of the gospel, that these kind of things, unfortunately, are going to be more frequent. The devil doesn't want me telling you that you are the righteousness of God in Christ doesn't want me telling you that God loves you. And so I don't know, you know, I'm sure there's probably some medical reason, but nevertheless went through uh, just a very challenging time, but I'm here. Praise God. I'm here. And you know what that means? It means that you're going to get to hear this. God loves you. Yes. God loves you so very much. He loves you deeply. He loves you passionately. He loves you fiercely. I love that. God loves you fiercely. That is so cool. And it's important. And again, you might think to yourself, well, this is silly. Here's Mark Shiver. He's telling me God loves me. You know, I've heard that ever since I was in nursery and Sunday school. You know, as a child, I had a, a little picture on my wall in my nursery where, you know, there was a thing on the ceiling fan that would go around and there were all these little baby things. And one of them said, God loves you. Jesus loves you. You know, come on, Mark, give me something that I can, you know, sink my teeth into. Give us something spiritually mature. <laughs> and I understand saying God loves you does sound kind of, well, it's basic. Really, I mean, I will agree with you, but 
there's another thing along with my wrist seem to keep losing my voice you know i tell you what i'm gonna preach this message whether the devil likes it or not and um i've recorded about five of these already and i've had to delete them because they just haven't been what i felt like god wanted but or what i wanted but i'm gonna try to get through this one praise god and you're gonna hopefully be blessed but let me see if I can get you to understand this uh, very important foundation. Yes, God loves you is basic. Jesus loves you is uh, an immature kind of, you know, starting point. But it is also the very most important thing that you will ever learn in your entire life. I don't care what business you're in. You might be an engineer and there's some, you know, formula, some code in computer science, some whatever. Nothing is more important than knowing God loves you. You see, we live in a world that is not just defined by the boundaries of space and time. There's more to this, okay? You know, uh, there is an eternity. And so you have to look beyond what you can see, beyond what you can fear, uh, feel. And the reality is that there is nothing more important, nothing, nothing, nothing more important than knowing that God loves you. Why is this important? Because before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain and John the Baptist uh, was in the water and here comes Jesus, John is baptizing and he says, here is the lamb of God. Behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The Bible says that before the foundation of the world, Jesus, the lamb of God was slain. So that tells us that there is more than the boundaries of space and time. And knowing that God loves you puts you in a place where you can grow into a concept of eternity. And you can grow into a concept of knowing that your heavenly father loves you. And that before time, before space, Jesus took your sin and my sin onto himself. Okay, it's going to get good here. Just keep on listening. Hang on if you can. Jesus took our sins before the foundation of the world. Wow. And the love of God was there even then. Before we were born, God loved us. And so what this means is that there is a destiny. There is a future and a hope for you and for me. And I don't know in eternity what that looks like. But I do know that the Bible says, Jesus himself said, he's the door that enters into another realm. Folks, there's more than what to this life than what we can see, our skin, our, our eyes, our ears. There's more to it. It's called eternity. And you and I have a destiny. And while we are on this earth, we, by God's grace, ought to be fulfilling our destiny. I get excited. You see me smiling. We ought to be fulfilling our destiny on this earth. Now, when Jesus died, he took away the sins of the world. And it says in 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians chapter 1, that he who knew no sin became sin, that we, you and I, 
and others who believe might become the righteousness of God in Christ. This is all confusing, isn't it? It's messed up. Wait a minute. I can't follow this. He died before the foundation of the world and took all of our sins, yet he became sin. Well, wait, I am not sin anymore. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Help me understand, Lord. I can't figure all of this out. <laughs> I'm being silly, but I'm telling you it is. If you try to determine it with your uh, natural mind, you'll never do it. It comes by revelation. And this is, now listen to me, this is a very uh, strategic point and you have to be very careful. Because when I say you can only understand this by revelation, that means I understand it. So I have received revelation. Therefore, I have received something that possibly you have not received. And therefore, if we keep pulling on this thread of logic, I'm somehow smarter or more in tune with God than you are. And that's absolutely wrong. That is not what I'm saying. I am saying that you have to have revelation. You can't just uh, somehow get it. You get it because you see. The Holy Spirit gives you a revelation, and you see this thing, and it's awesome. You see that you are righteous. You are righteous. What an amazing thing to say. I am righteous. And it's because before the foundation of the world, the Lamb of God took away our sins. Before the foundation of the world, you and I had a destiny stamped on our spirits, stamped on our souls. We have a destiny. We have a future. God told the nation of Israel, I have given you a future and a hope. I know the plans I have for you. You know, and I don't like it when we take that verse that God was speaking to the, to the people of Israel and we try to apply it to every every saint. And I'm sorry, you might disagree with that. But God told the nation of Israel, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to, to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Well, Mark, we can take that verse to ourselves. Well, maybe in some ways we can. Because it is true that we have a destiny. But you know, some people's destiny might be to die for Jesus. And it takes a great deal of maturity to, to, to think of dying for the Lord, to being martyred for the Lord, and somehow translating that into having a future and a hope. You can only do that by understanding that, again, the eternity factor comes in. And there's more than what you can see. And you know that your reward is eternal. But when you think of things in this realm, in this earthly realm, it's hard. It's hard to get excited about pain, <laughs> isn't it? You know, I mean, come on, I'm, I'm getting deep here, folks. You got to follow me because this will change your life. You are created to fulfill a living, breathing destiny that God has for you. It's true. It's absolutely true. And by fulfilling that destiny, oh my goodness, you may touch thousands of lives.
You may only touch one life, but your destiny is important. And I want to challenge you today here, Sunday, September 11th, as we remember the horrible destiny of people who decided they would blow up the Twin Towers and, and kill Americans and others. And, and what a horrible thing to do. But your destiny, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, could very well be to see dozens or hundreds of people saved, born again into the kingdom of God. Wouldn't that be cool? Your destiny may not have anything to do with, with, with getting people saved. Your destiny might have to do with science. You could be the person that uncovers a cure for cancer. Wouldn't that be awesome? The point is, it's time that we stop looking at life as just life in a vacuum. Jesus said, I'm the door. The kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like that. He spoke in terms of another realm, and he was the way that we entered that other realm. And we can live in that other realm now on this earth by a relationship with Jesus Christ. He said he is the door and he opens the door. My, my children, my sheep, they go in, they go out, they find nourishment. We can live in the kingdom of heaven on this earth now. <laughs> Mark, I don't understand what you're saying. Look, it took me a long time to even begin to get a little bit of this. So you'll have to listen to this more than once, I'm sure, and come back as we dive deeper and deeper into the reality that there is more. There's so much more than what you can see. There's so much more than this earth, than, than uh, getting up in the morning and going to work and going to bed at night. God has called you. He has called you. Man, I could stop right there. The spirit of God is on those words. I can feel his presence. It's so cool. But we have to back up. And how do we go? We start by understanding that God has made us righteous. That's the very beginning point. Actually, you could go and say the very beginning point is that we have been made new creations. That's really what it's all about. Because you have to understand that when you accept Christ as your Savior, when you believe that God gave his son to take the sins of the world onto himself, and that we, by believing, by receiving his gift of salvation, that we can uh, become born again. <clears throat> Being born again puts us in relationship with our Heavenly Father, and it makes us righteous, and it makes us holy. You can go around now in your day and say, I am holy. You can say, I am righteous. I am sanctified. And you see, people, the devil has been a genius because he's got the church and, the, excuse me for drinking while I'm talking, but again, my voice has just been, I've almost lost it several times. And the enemy is not going to stop me from telling you what God wants me to tell you. We are righteous. And you see, the Excuse me, the devil has been a genius. He has kept the church for really, I don't know, hundreds of years, a couple of thousand years. 
all focused on sin. That's our focus. We've got to focus on sin. Because, see, the devil came to Eve and tempted her with the fruit that God said not to eat of. So she ate and she saw and Adam saw, well, we're naked. We better cover ourselves up. And for the last 2,000 years, the church has been covering itself up. Come on. The church has been covering itself up. And God said, who told you you were naked? The most powerful verse uh, in the Old Testament, at least. Who told you you were naked? And Adam, you know, he was hiding and Eve was hiding. They were hiding from God. And yet he still came looking for them. He was still interested in relationship with them. There's a whole nother teaching there. But they were hiding. And the church has been hiding from God for hundreds of years. Because all we see is our nakedness. And that's all we, we teach Christians on Sunday morning. Repent. You need to get into an accountability group and deal with your sin. Well, now, hold on. I came and I walked the aisle and I received Jesus as my savior. And you told me he forgave me of all my sins, past, present, and future. He took all my sins. Why are you telling me now I need to deal with my sin? I don't understand. This is confusing. And Lynn Howell's great preacher said it best. He said, we get people to come and, and eat from the tree of life. And then we feed them the tree of the knowledge of good and evil after that. Folks, we, we need to grow up. I, I, I'm amazed at how often I hear in, you know, when I go to different churches, Sunday morning, well, repent. You need to repent. Wow. Why are saints being told to repent? You see, saints have been made new in Christ. They've been made new creations. They are the righteousness of God in Christ. What is it they need to repent of? Well, hey, you've repented of sin. Well, no, wait a minute. God has dealt with my sin. He's cast my sins. As far as the east is from the west, he's cast my sin into a sea of forgetfulness. Why should I be talking about something that he doesn't even remember? Well, Mark, now you're being easy on sin. You've got that greasy grace going, brother. You need to repent. No, I don't. What you have to understand is that the way we deal with our sin, once we have become born again, is we put our minds on things above. We set our minds on Jesus and the sin begins to fall away. It's his grace that teaches us to say no to ungodliness. But the devil has got us trapped into this thing where, oh, look at your sin. Focus on your sin. Talk about your sin. Think about your sin. Well, it's consuming. No wonder we're sinning. It's all we think about. It's all we're taught to think about. But Paul said, set your mind on Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith, see? Oh, there's so much more to teach. But what I want to get to today is just a basic foundation. This is going to be just a basic foundation as we wind up here this, this episode of Fuel by Grace because we're going to come back. By God's grace, we're going to be regular and we're going to teach this thing that we are living in more than just what we can see. There is a kingdom of heaven, a kingdom of God that we are living in now. And as we realize that, oh my goodness, we don't even think about the, the, the sin that so easily besets us, the Bible says. We're thinking about the goodness and grace of our God. We're thinking about our heavenly father. We're loving our heavenly father. And see, Satan comes in and 
gets us to think about our sin and talk about our sin. And we become bound up again in our sin and we, we sin and, and we have to repent and we talk about it and we pray about it and it becomes uh, something that's overwhelming in our mind. And all of a sudden, wow, we're trapped. God's way is to say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. It is his grace that teaches me to say no to ungodliness. It is his grace his grace, the kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink, but righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. I am a child of God. No, wait, no. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Not only am I a child of God, but I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And some of you, I know, some of my friends, you're looking at this and you're thinking, you know, Mark's just stupid. And you might not have any respect for what I'm preaching. And that's okay. Because God loves you. And I hope that you will get this. It will become ingrained in your spirit. And you will go, wow, Mark was right. Mark is right. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You have a destiny. You have a destiny. And we're going to get there. But first, we're going to begin to lay a foundation that you have been forgiven and your forgiveness makes you righteous. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. So this is where we're going to stop for today. Next time, and I believe it'll be sooner. I'd like to do this every week or every two weeks, but this is going to be a lengthy series. And you might want to take notes and really get this into your heart. We have been made righteous. We have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. We are new creations. Here, let me blow your mind. You've been made a new creation. That new creation, shh, don't tell anybody, does not sin, can't sin. Oh my gosh. What? That's right. The new creation that you have been made cannot sin, does not sin. It's been made new in Christ. Sin, Paul says, has been cut away into our members, the body. There's so much to learn. And I'm just learning. Ah, folks, sin is in our members We've been made a new creation. And that new creation is in union with the Spirit of God. And we have a relationship with God, the Father, and God, the Son, by the Holy Spirit. And because of that union, because of that relationship, we are able to uh, go in and out, Jesus said, through him. He is the door. And we go into the kingdom of heaven where there is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. And we come out and we're nourished and we find strength for our souls. And we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And we have righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. It's so awesome. The power of God, the reality of God in our lives to help us as we walk in union with him. Yes, yes, we are in union 
with God by the Holy Ghost. Oh my goodness. It's so wonderful. It's amazing. And what this does is it unlocks the key to our destiny. I'm learning I have a destiny. I have a destiny. And some of what I'm learning, oh my goodness, if I told you, it would be kind of embarrassing. Because what I have assumed up to this point about my destiny, I'm learning, might be different than what my destiny really is. And man, let me tell you something, it's freaking me out. But I'm going to stop right here. I don't know how long I've gone. I hope about 20 minutes, probably a little longer. But I want you to know, I want you to know that I understand I may have been a little bit kind of all over the place today. But let's just wind it up into, into a couple of key, key points that you could think about until next time. Jesus took the sins of the world. Before the foundation of the world, behold, the Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world. And this was before the world was even formed. He is the door to the kingdom of God. And through him, through when we're saved, we can go into the kingdom of God, in and out. Jesus is the door. This is so important to realize. Folks, it's more than just being saved. Oh, it's so much more. It's enjoying the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of our God. We have a destiny. We have a destiny. <laughs> wow, it's so cool. And our destiny makes us, having a destiny makes us look at life beyond flesh and blood, beyond, okay, well, when I die, that'll be it. No, we transcend space and time. We do. And we need to begin to realize that now so that we can live our lives in the kingdom of God, righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. It's awesome. That's the kingdom of God. That's what Paul said is the kingdom of God. And as we begin to walk in those things, righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit, then we will begin to see that this whole thing about sin and talking about sin all the time in the church it needs to stop. We need to teach people that they are born again, that they are uh, without sin when they get saved, that the new man cannot sin. You know, uh, just one more thing. Jeremiah said, well, the heart of man is evil above all things. Oh, my goodness. We preach that on Sunday mornings. But the very foundation of the new covenant that we enjoy as believers says, I will give you a new heart says it in Ezekiel, I will put a new heart in you and give you a heart of flesh. I'll take out the heart of stone. God gave us a new heart and we are born again. We are transformed into his image. And so we have a new man living inside of us. Our spirits have come alive and we are in union with God by the spirit of God. And we can enjoy relationship with him. He is our father. We cry, Abba, Daddy, Papa. And we, the Bible says we can get up on the throne of God and throw our arms around his neck and hug him, and he'll hug us right back. God loves you. 
God loves you. That very important reality will change your life and take you all the way to understanding you have a destiny that transcends so much more than this world that we can see. Folks, this is Fueled by Grace. I'm Mark Shiver. Oh, you like my new banner? <laughs> I have come into the the 20 whatever century we're in, 21st century, with the green screen. I got my logo. Man, I'm feeling like I'm just somebody. <laughs> oh, but I think it's pretty cool. Let me know if you like it. Um, if you need prayer, email me, mark at fueledbygrace.com. And be sure to share this on, uh, you can share the, the uh, Zoom on YouTube and on Facebook. And you can share the podcast on uh, Facebook and, and all the other uh, outlets, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. God loves you. It starts right there. I hope that you have a great next few days. And I look forward to seeing you again real soon.